today on It's Time. Even back in Peter's day, they were looking for the Lord's return. I think it's very, very important because a lot of times people say, well, the Lord can't come back until, let me tell you, they were looking for Jesus' return then. And that, that, I think, is something that we all need to be looking for every day. Welcome to It's Time, the daily teaching ministry of Pastor Mike Kessler, the pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, Pastor Mike is teaching on the book of 2 Peter. The study on 2 Peter is part two of the Peter series, and if you'd like to catch up on the series, 1 Peter is available for free download through the iTunes podcast store, or you can purchase it from CSN at 800-357-4226. With 2 Peter, here's Pastor Mike. Peter was a, a disciple of Jesus, apostle, walked with the Lord, and, and you know what I think is really amazing, friends, is Jesus, in spite of all of Peter's messing up and goofing up, still loved him. And I want to uh, share that with you today more than anything else. And in spite of all the things that you've ever done wrong, that I've ever done wrong, I want you to know that God loves you. And this is something that you always need to remember. Because, you know, a lot of times we feel that we approach God um, in our own righteousness. And friends, you never do. You always approach God in His righteousness. The Bible says we put on Christ, like you'd put on a coat and you'd wrap that coat around you. That's what makes you holy. No, There's no holy thing about any of us. No matter what minister it may be, no matter who televangelists, no matter uh, what Sunday school teacher, no matter how good of a husband or a wife you think you are, the Bible says none is righteous, no, not one. And that includes every single one of us. We're just sinners saved by grace. And friends, when you realize that and remember that, it's God's righteousness around you that makes you what you are. Friends, that changes the way, first of all, we look at ourselves. Second of all, the way we look at each other. And third, it gives us great things to be thankful to God for because He's what makes us holy. And so, let's just pray as we read this morning. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and as we finish up this book this morning, we ask God that you would remind us, God, of your promises. Lord, the way we should live. And Father, when we haven't lived that way, that you forgive us and you restore us and you bless us. And we just thank you again, God, for all you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Peter was somebody who knew the Lord, saw the miracles of Jesus, and yet in all that denied that he'd ever known the Lord. We remember Jesus said before the cock crows twice, Peter, you'll have denied you know me three times. And Peter couldn't believe it. He said, Lord, I'm willing to go to the cross and die with you. It's funny how oftentimes we think ourselves stronger than we really are. And then when it comes down, we we really realize we're all bozos on this bus. And we really don't do what we always think we are able to do. Isn't it funny how oftentimes on Wednesday, we say concerning Saturday, I'm going to do this, 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 and this. And you're lucky if you can get 10% of what you thought you were going to get done on Saturday. We, we don't do what we always think we can do. Friends, this is the frailty and the humanity of man. Now, thank God that God's power in us is greater than we in ourselves. And always remember this. There's nothing within you in yourself that wants to serve God. Nothing. It's only the Spirit of God in us that changes us. See, that's why Peter or, uh, John tells us, uh, chapter 1 in the epistles, he said, he said, but if we confess our sins, 
He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. You you see, uh, we we need our sins forgiven. And we always need to remember that God's um, uh, ongoing work in our life is, is so important. Now he tells us here, verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Now the day of the Lord here is in reference to a period of time. Now if you look this word up in the Greek, the word day here can refer to judgment, a particular day, or it can refer to a period of time. And in this period of time that we call the day of the Lord, and you might say it's the culmination of things in which God measures time differently than we do, it will come as a thief in the night. You know, from the time of the rapture of the church to the time in which the earth melts with a fervent heat and God makes a brand new heaven, a brand new earth for us all to live in for eternity, it says it will come in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, the elements will melt with a fervent heat, both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. And I believe simply God just lets the atom do what the atom would normally do. Like charges repel. That's why when you put two North Pole magnets together, they push each other apart. Going back to second grade, you remember that. Well, the center of an atom is comprised of like charges, and depending how many uh, are in the middle of the nuclei of an atom depends on whether it's wood, paper, hay, straw, stubble, you, (laughs) chairs. And so it's just energy that's bound together, and then you have the neutrons and the protons that really determine what it is. And I believe God just takes his hand off it and let it do by nature what it would normally do and literally melt down. You have what you'd call nuclear fusion of the magnitude proportion. And the Bible says heavens and earth melt with a great heat. So because of that, verse 11, Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? Friends, that's the way we ought to be. Now notice what it says here. Manner of persons you ought to be. You know, I think Peter realized that we don't always do what we're supposed to do. This is what you ought to do, but we don't always do it. You, you ought to have your kids always clean and sparkly and minding you. But the reality is they don't always do that. Now, this is something that I believe that in the Spirit, God instructed Peter, you might say, to paint a target. So at least you know what you're aiming at. That's what we all desire in our lives. I fall short, friends. You fall short. We all fall short of the glory and the perfection of God. Now, something to always remember. The minute, and let me tell you, the minute you start putting your eyes on a man, or you start putting your eyes on your wife, or on your career, or on your husband, or anything else, that's always going to let you down. That's why you always have to focus upon Jesus. And I'm not so sure that God doesn't allow things to happen sometimes, so people will not focus on people, but they will focus on Him. It's interesting, people, the Bible tells us what's wrong with man in the Ten Commandments. And one of those is, you shall not have any other gods before me. That's what God said. And yet it's interesting in the psyche of man that we want to worship something. We want to worship a man. We want to worship uh, uh, an organization. We want to worship our diploma. We want to worship our career. We want to worship something where by nature we want to worship something. The problem is what gains our affection if it isn't God and his purpose. The problem is it's never going to be what God wants in our lives. And so it's easy then to try to say, well, um, 
I want to identify with somebody that I think is godly. Hey, friends, we all do. Every one of us does. But I want to share this with you. There's only one that's godly. The best of Christians in this world will let you down. How many people here, just as a question, have been let down by a Christian? I don't. I think everybody's hand was up here for those listening by radio. Now, does that mean they're evil and of the devil? No, it just tells me they're human. <laughs> so, all I'm telling you is this: there is a desire, though, that we should have to live the way God wants us to live. And when we don't live that way, that's where we seek for forgiveness. See, when we have communion, as an example. And we hold the cup in our hands and we, we see the, 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 look in the cup and we see the, the, the juice in there and we think, wow, what does that really mean? That, that's speaking of Jesus' blood that was shed for you and me. And when we see the, the, the bread, we see the bread and it's broken and it's rough edges. The Bible says, uh, Peter says, uh, by his stripes we're healed. And, and it tells me, Jesus said, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Which tells me we continually need to be forgiven and we continually need to be healed. Otherwise, Jesus said, since you did this, remember me every when you did it the first time since you never have to do it again. No, it's an ongoing thing. It's often as you do this. Some churches have communion every Sunday morning. There's nothing wrong with that. Some churches have it once a month or every two weeks. Some people have it on Sunday night only. But the point is, is simply this. It tells me by the very nature of what communion is, we need God's forgiveness because we don't always ought live the way we ought to live. Let's read it again. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, speaking of what we are so concerned about... Do you, I know there's nothing worse than getting a nice car and getting a door ding. You know, somebody told me one time, when you get a new car, you should just go out there with a little hammer and put a door ding in it. Get it over with. Because in that way, you're not going to be sitting there worrying about it. It's going to happen. But it was something interesting. Do you think a hundred years from now, in eternity, that's going to be an issue? Well, it is now because it just devalued the car and money and i got to add up my dollars and cents and all this kind of stuff. Let me tell you, friends, a hundred years from now, the only thing that's going to matter is people and your relationship with each other. Your ability to forgive one another. Your ability to, to, to um, interact with people and your relationship with God, most of all. And so uh, he's saying since all these things are going to be dissolved... They're going to go away, they're going to get old, they're going to get rusty, they're going to get lost, they're going to get stolen, they're going to get all this kind of stuff. What manner of people then should we be? And so he says that we ought to be. He he knows, he understands. Peter was one who failed Christ miserably. I know a lot of you, for the first pope of the church, that, that really breaks your hearts. But Because the Catholic Church says Peter was the first pope. But we see the failures of Peter's life. Friends, listen. You look at David's life. You know, I tell every man an answer. We get a lot of calls. I always wondered how we would answer this question if somebody was to call up. Um, Hello, I got a question for you today. Yes. Well, I knew God really well. And, and in fact, I wrote many of the praise songs that are sang on the radio. Mm, that's good. But then for a while, I went over and joined the dark side. Oh, And when I was in the dark side, I actually turned against God's people for a while. 
And then finally I came back to God's people. And um, uh, once again, I wrote some more worship songs and they're playing them on the radio. And then uh, I, I, I slept with the guy's wife and got her pregnant. And uh, I was really worried, so I had him killed. And then I married his wife. Um, and I'm, I'm still, you know, in this place of writing worship songs. What would we say? You low down scum. You know who you're talking about. Most of you know it's King David. David wrote songs while he was in his youth. He went over and joined the Philistines for a while because he was running from Saul. He came back through a chain of events. He ends up being king over Israel. God still uses him in a great way. He does these crazy things. And yet we find in the scripture that he repents and God calls him a man after his own heart. Friends, that's love. That's God's love towards us. The Bible says, why we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. How much more that as a child of his, God would not still love you. Do you realize how many people beat themselves up and feel? One of the calls we had was a girl that called in and she said, I knew the Lord, I walked away from the Lord. Will God ever forgive me? I don't know how many people heard that call, but our heart broke. It's amazing that we think sometimes God would have more mercy on a worldly person than he would on his own child. Now, friends, think about this for a minute. You're in the store. Some guy, little kid comes up. Hey, mister. Hey, mister. Buy me that bicycle. I want to buy. I want you to buy me that bicycle. You look at that kid and say, who are you? But if your own child came up to you and pulled on your pants and said, daddy, would you buy me that? And realizing that he was old enough that he wouldn't maybe ride it in traffic or drive it through your living room window plate glass, sliding glass door, you'd say, yeah, maybe I will get you that. Maybe I'll get you that for your birthday. You see, we think sometimes that God has more mercy on people of the world than he does on his own children. And friends, remember, that's never the case. That when you become a child of His, God's mercy is upon you. His love is upon you. And that is what we as Christians represent. And friends, the minute that we don't do that anymore, the minute we become arrogant and judgmental, we've moved so far away from the principles of Christ that we don't even know what we are anymore. We've lost our identity in our pride. Now he says, we ought to be holy in conduct and godliness. Friends, what brings people into the kingdom of heaven? Is it our meticulous living? I don't smoke, drink, cuss, chew, run around people who do. Or is it really love? What, what really attracts? And by the way, love is a funny word. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever defined love? And, and by the way, if you're single and you're dating, I, I just got some thoughts for you here. Because everybody has a different definition of love. And some of the couples in our church, you will find different definitions of love. Now, you'll have, you'll have some people that, you know, their definition of love in a, in a, in a crowded place is to kind of chide with each other. Well, hi, ugly. Well, hi, ugly. You're ugly yourself. You know, and, and you'll find this, you know, and, and, and you'll, and yet at the end of the day, they kiss and hug and, you know, I love you, babe, you know, and that's the way it works. And there's other people that think that love, please don't stone me on this one. Think that wearing the same clothes is love in public. Now, if anybody's done that, I have not seen it today yet. But they have the identical knit sweaters. 
And, and, and you go, oh, I, I see you're together. <laughs> you know? Or was that just a wild coincidence that you happen to buy the same sweater and wear it on the same day to the same place? But that's love to them. Now, I'm not condemning that at all. Please don't misunderstand me. Everybody has a different definition of what love is. But yet, when we look in the Bible, we find a commonality of what love is defined by God himself. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. That if you'd believe on him, you wouldn't perish, but you'd have eternal life. So understanding that, we then can separate maybe some of our ideas of what life is. And that's one of the things as we come to Christ. We have to set aside a lot of our preconceived ideas. And we have to say, okay, God, I have to, first of all, always keep my eyes on you. Second of all, I have to have your definition of love in my life. Not my definition of love. Have you ever been around people that say they're Christians? Well, me and my big buddy upstairs, we got this deal. You know, I, I, you know, when I get to heaven, I'll polish the doorknobs. I just, he, he told me it's all right if I party all the time. Hey, listen, we all know we wrestle with things. Okay, is that what love is? No, the Bible here tells us this. In our holy conduct and godliness, this is the way we reflect what God is. But friends, again, what is that really attracts us to God? Is it again because we don't do certain things and we do do other things? Or is it that we reflect the love of God? And friends, that's what I look for, is that we reflect the love of God. And it's one of the hardest things sometimes to do in our lives because, again, we're emotional creatures and we have feelings and all these kinds of things. But I'm saying that is what made the change in my life. What caused me to, you might say, stop walking the way I was walking and start walking in the ways of the Lord was that I saw love. And that's what made the difference. It, It wasn't, it wasn't, wow, now this church has got it. I love the green carpet. Green's my favorite color. Makes me think I'm on the golf course putting. I like that. That's good. Well, what, when you, what, what really makes a difference? Well, you know what? I really like that church because they all dress and smell so nice. What makes the difference? Is that when I came in and I was crying, somebody who came up, put their arm around me, said, hey, listen, understand. Been there, done that, been through it. I don't know what you're going through. But I know that God's going to see you and me through whatever it is we go through. Friends, we're all in this together in the family of God. Well, he says, verse 12, Looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved and bring fire, the elements will melt with fervent heat. He said, once again, remember what's really important. 25 years from now, 50 years from now, are the things that you're upset over, the things that are hurting you, will they be important then? And so since you realize that all these things will be dissolved one day, and by the way, friends, I I just want to explain to you this. Even back in Peter's day, they were looking for the Lord's return. I think it's very, very important because a lot of times people say, well, the Lord can't come back until, let me tell you, they were looking for Jesus' return then. And that, that I think is something that we all need to be looking for every day. He says, nevertheless, we, verse 13, according to his promise, look for a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Isn't that great? 
I think we've all been a victim of unrighteousness. You know, many, many of us, you're, you're still living under the tyranny of somebody else's unrighteousness. But here he tells us here. He says, we look forward according to his promises. Friends, not according to our promises, according to God's promises in us. Those promises that God made, he's promised you a new heaven and a new earth in which it's going to be perfect. Isn't that great? No hidden dark agendas, no sleight of hand, no con men, no, nothing like that. It's all going to be what it is. I like that. There's probably not a person listening today that in one way or another have been a victim of unrighteousness. Somebody's lied to you. Maybe, maybe, it was a, maybe it was a boss, or maybe it was a spouse, or maybe whatever. We've all been victims, friends, and we've all victimized. We're all guilty as much as things have happened to us. But in the new heaven, you know, the minute that we go into eternity, friends, you're going to get a new body. Isn't that neat to know? That's Pastor Mike Kessler with It's Time. I'd like to take this moment to invite you to get your free copy of It's Time to Grow, the new believers booklet written by Pastor Mike. It's Time to Grow answers many of the questions new believers have in a clear and concise manner, followed by the scripture references for each statement made. It's Time to Grow can be yours simply by dialing 800-357-4226. That's 1-800-357-4226. Or you can order it online for free at csnradio.com. Don't forget, if you'd like a copy of today's program, you can call our toll-free line I mentioned before, and that's 1-800-357-4226. Also, the daily free podcast is available through iTunes by searching for It's Time in the iTunes Store. On behalf of Pastor Mike and all of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening, and tune in next time for It's Time. It's Time.